on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. That speaks well for Iowa, and I think confidence in what we're doing here. Business filings continue to rise in Iowa, a sign of a strong economy. Getting past the debt ceiling debate, perhaps not as easy as you may think. And in our business profile, adding light to the sound of a marching band. This is the Iowa Business Report for the final weekend of May 2023. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. The Iowa Secretary of State's office is frequently in the news for election-related topics, but they have an important role to play every day regarding business in Iowa. The Secretary of State's office is where you go to file business entity forms, annual reports, and the like. That connection to business allows broader projects to take place. We talked about it all this past week with Iowa Secretary of State Paul Pate. But we're on our sixth year of record new business starts. Sixth year. 33,000-plus businesses in the last cycle. That speaks well for Iowa, and I think confidence in what we're doing here. Now, the filings are all types. Uh, you know, it could be a real estate transaction. Someone's got a real – but that's a business because you're paying taxes and you're making money, I hope, for you off of that transaction. Or it is a farm or some other type of business. But 33000 Stepped up this year, and that's that's a good number. We had a significant number of folks who are vesting here, that growing job. In fact, I heard the governor announced the other day that we had a population gain. Now, that's special for Iowa. You know, we've been struggling with that one for a, quite a long time, decades of seeing it go the other way. So I'm I'm feeling pretty upbeat about all that. And again, the climate just seems to be right. Not mm-hmm. only people mentally, perhaps mm-hmm. post COVID. Right. But the taxation system, that has, uh, the changes that have been made, that certainly is a factor. I think it helps make people feel good about their decision they're making. This is where I want to be, and others are coming to look at us closer. I'm just making a note here. I want to put a plug in if I could. Mm-hmm. May 30th is the deadline for uh, nonprofits, limited partnerships, and LLCs to renew. We, we want to see that and help them out because after May 30th, then we start liquidating and we don't want to do that to any of these companies because I know, folks, you got a lot of work trying to build your widgets and market your product and do all those things. And we don't do this every year to you. So, But if you're one of those who is up this cycle, we want to make sure you're doing it. I looked at my notes. We have um, 165,000 of the 217,000 that are uh, required have filed already. So pretty much majority have. We, but we want to make sure the rest get in in time. Does your list show that I am in in good graces? Yes, but they said we were supposed to double your fee. Instead, <laughs> we reduced the fees for everybody last year. When was the last time someone in government reduced fees? <laughs> when was the last time a government agency dropped fees? I don't think people understand this. Well, I, I don't either, but, but, but promises made, promises kept. But I think what's really important for folks to know is those of you who do it on a regular basis probably did notice it. But since it's not renewed every day, it doesn't quite jump out at you. The challenge is to make sure no one does a bait and switch and turns around and raises some other fee on you in this world we work in. As a business owner myself, I can respect and appreciate the challenges we you do go through. So I thank those businesses out there who have confidence and are growing in Iowa. 
One of the initiatives that you have talked about before, but it bears repeating, is IBAT, the Mm -hmm. Iowa Businesses Against Trafficking. This has been around barely a year, I think. Mm -hmm. Identify again, for those who are not aware, what it is, Mm -hmm. why your office is involved, and the scope of the issue, because I think a lot of people prefer to think it doesn't happen. Well, I agree. As a former mayor of Cedar Rapids, I didn't think of human trafficking being in my town. But having time now to learn more about it, it's shocking that it is around you. And we need to do more to raise an awareness. And for me as Secretary of State, there was two or three good reasons why it tied into my office. First off, we have another program called Safe at Home that helps folks who are victims of sex crimes and, and other physical domestic violence type situations to help them have an alternative for addresses, a legal alter- alternative, because they don't want their bad actor to know where they're living at. And so much you do is public information, like voting. So my office handles voting. Thus, we got into this program where people could sign up for this, and we were helping them come out of the shadows to resume a more normal life by being able to vote without bad actors knowing where they're at. Some of those folks who were in the program were actually victims of human trafficking. So we had touched their lives there. And then it rolls right into the fact that I have over a quarter of a million businesses I interact with come through my office. And so to me, it looked like this is a natural soapbox, if you will, like a bully pulpit. And I thought this is something we can do. And so I started this asking businesses across the state to learn more about it and to do something. These aren't big lifts. But the more people know, you can build a strong choir or army, if you will, to combat it. Trafficking is out there, folks. It's not Hollywood version where a van pulls up, jumps out, throws a hood over somebody, and kidnaps them. It is in your communities. Some of these people who are being trafficked are trafficked either, even by their own families, sadly say. Some are being trafficked, and they're still living at home, these kids are, and their parents don't know that somebody is doing this with their kid. Others are running away. Some of them are dealing with a lot of other issues in their lives. This is happening, and that's the sex trafficking. And labor trafficking, it's there too, and I want to qualify. Labor trafficking, folks, is not really about illegal aliens. It's not about a bunch of illegal people that are working. These are about people who are here on a visa or on a work permit or have a passport. They're here legally, but they are being misused. They're being basically slave labored. That's trafficking. My program here is just to encourage businesses to step up, learn more about it, promote that education component. There are advocates out there who are the experts. That's who I will let do that work. I'm just a tool or a resource. And it's gone well. We have over 600 businesses, small businesses on Main Street to the bigger companies, the Hy-Vees and the Fairways and the Casey stores. And a lot of those folks are members. Chambers of Commerce are members. So it is a broad appeal. The good news is, We are seeing a greater public awareness than we've ever had before on this topic. The goal here clearly is to tell these bad actors, not Iowa, stay out of our state. Iowa Secretary of State Paul Pate. We spoke in Waterloo on Monday, May 22nd. I want to give you some websites tied to some of the things we discussed with the Secretary. The General Office website with information and databases about businesses is sos.iowa. SOS.iowa.gov. The Safe at Home Address Confidentiality Program is online at safeathome.iowa.gov. 
And you can learn more about Iowa Businesses Against Trafficking, including downloading an application to have your business participate by going to ibat.iowa.gov. Still to come, the Constitution and federal debt. And later, we'll strike up the band. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Do me a favor, farmers of Iowa, and honk your horn if you're proud to grow soybeans. Now that I've got your attention, take advantage of the programs, information, and opportunities provided by the Iowa Soybean Association and the Soybean Checkoff. If you market 250 bushels or more of soybeans annually, a bumper crop of benefits is easily accessible. Just make the connection at IASoybeans.com and reap the benefits of belonging. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. There has been much talk about the prospect of defaulting on the national debt. Some Democrats claim the president can invoke clauses under the 14th Amendment to avoid congressional action to raise the debt ceiling. But Phil Kirpin of American Commitment says that is a misreading of the language. They're using an extreme misreading of something that's very straightforward. If you look at the 14th Amendment and you sort of leave out the part between the commas, which is not relevant because it's about the Civil War, but if you read the sentence that they're saying to look at and you leave out what's between the commas, it says, the validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law shall not be questioned. And somehow they read that and they say, see, the president can issue debt without laws. He can issue unauthorized debt. And it's like, that's like literally the opposite of what it says, right? What it says is that the debt that is authorized by law, the bonds that Congress has authorized, those have got to be honored. Well, that means that a debt default is unconstitutional. It means that the Treasury has to pay the interest on the debt that already exists. It would be unconstitutional to default on that debt, and therefore... If they're in a cash crunch, if they do not have authorization to issue new debt, they've got to let other bills go unpaid, but they can't default on the debt. I don't really know how they get out of that, that the president can issue additional unauthorized debt. And Bill Pascoe of Tea Party Patriots says even if the president and congressional leaders agree on a plan, it still has to pass Congress. Keep in mind, this is not a reconciliation bill. This is not a privileged resolution. He's got to move 60 votes on a motion to invoke cloture, on a motion to proceed. Just to get on the bill is going to require 60 votes, which means he's got to have the three independents who vote with the Democrats regularly. He's still got to have nine Republicans. Guess what? There are not nine Republicans in the Senate right now that are willing to undercut the House's position. The House took a very strong position. They said, we recognize the need to raise the debt ceiling. But we also recognize we cannot continue to spend like this. So we are going to pair the two efforts. We're going to raise the debt ceiling, but we're going to have spending reforms over the next 10 years. I don't see 60 votes for anything. I don't see 60 votes for Schumer's position. I don't see 60 votes in the Senate for McCarthy's position either. What I see is 60 votes for what will end up being the result of the negotiation between Biden and McCarthy. Coming up. Marching band was not this flashy when I was a kid. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. For more than a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. 
More than 80 million listeners depend on AM radio each month. AM radio is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, which keeps us safe in dangerous times. It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month, and you may text stop to stop. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest quarterly member survey by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. In this week's business profile, we introduce you to Jacob Schmieder, co-founder and CEO of Varsity Music Incorporated. Most of us are well familiar with marching band performances and education, but thanks to innovative ideas and technology, this Ames-based company is poised to introduce a number of tech-related ideas to the genre, including attaching sound-reactive lights to the instruments themselves. The way that we have them set up is directors kind of have the ability to do what they want with them. So rehearsal, any kind of personal practice or on a field for a performance, they're kind of able to do whatever they want to um, kind of light up their band. We're wanting to encourage a performance-like environment. You know, one of the things that I was captivated by in, in my time is the professional musicians at concerts and stuff. So they're able to do that, really contribute to in, in a setting like uh, a university, the sports environment and performance environment that those universities are looking to be able to give to their fans. I actually started as my honors project through the Iowa State Honors Program. Super open-ended, you know, being a part of the marching band. Those of us that are in it, we live and breathe marching band. So it felt very natural to do an honors project that, you know, was related to music and band. After tumbling around with some ideas, this was kind of what I finally ended up settling on. You know, went to the honors program. They were like, this is a really cool idea. You could uh, turn this into a business. I think people would want to, to use this beyond just our marching band here. So grew from there. You know, after I had done my due diligence and investigated, you know, what was out there and where technology is in regards to the music space, uh, it was something that, you know, I think made more and more sense to not just me, but the team that I ended up bringing on. One of the other products that we've got is a wire attachment that holds your phone. A lot of marching bands these days learn drill, the way that they move on the field with their phones. It gives them a lot more flexibility and be more exact and you know really perfect the show that they are working on. So we've got that for all instruments. You know, people are reading music off their phones these days. So being able to really push that and incorporate those technology aspects into music where it traditionally has lagged behind is something that we're really striving to do. Music deserves to be at the forefront of technology. There's a lot of really cool things that you can do from an educational perspective to a performance perspective. So being able to bring those kind of technological aspects to music, marching band is really what our goal is. And the more I looked into it, you know, when I was first told that, hey, this could be a business idea, the more I saw the opportunity in that space. And the team that we've built is really striving towards that goal. 
for me personally, it has been the uh, entrepreneurship and learning how to navigate customers and finances and the legal aspects of running a business. The team that I built, Sam and Nathan are our two engineers. They have done a fantastic job. So the technology that you know, we're creating, they have blown me away from day one. So they have really had that under control. There have certainly been our hiccups when you know, testing and trying to figure out what was going to work and what won't, but they have just done such a fantastic job that you know, when I'm looking at the challenges that we're facing, I am much more concerned about some of the actual business aspects. You know, not having any sort of business background, it's been uh, an adventure to learn how to navigate it all. Although I have graduated, still play my trumpet. Certainly not the best trumpet player on the planet. wasn't when I was in the marching band either. But I have you know, used it to be able to practice and make myself better as well. Our team members have certainly done that before. Yeah, use for these all over the place. The way that we're going about it is marching bands are kind of our target audience right now because there's a very clear performance aspect to them. But our team, Logan, she just graduated from Iowa State and will be a music educator starting in the fall. She, as a music educator, is super excited about the ability to use them in the classroom and be able to teach students and make them better by being able to incorporate different technology into her lesson planning. At the moment, we're really pushing it as a performance tool. We're working with a lot of college marching bands right now. We've got Iowa State and uh, the University of Illinois, Iowa Central Community College, their pep band. So with those markets, uh, I think the, the bigger interest is in the performance stuff. But as you know, we continue to grow and shape the space, I think the much larger impact will be on education. So at the end of the day, you know, I'm really hoping that it takes off in that education realm. It certainly helps to have been in those shoes before. I, again, don't have any music education training, but served as our trumpet captain. And, you know, to be able to use different things to better understand how I am listening for my section and how I can best teach them uh, would certainly be helpful. So I've, I've got some experience. The rest of our team has some of that same experience. So we can be very relatable to directors. Logan especially will be able to be very relatable to directors as she will be one in a couple of months. You know, I don't know if it necessarily has, you know, kind of progressed itself that way, but being able to have been in those shoes is very helpful to be able to have intelligent conversations with these directors. That is certainly helpful. The versatility of them is really where we kind of hang our hat. The ability for a director to use them in every setting when someone's got an instrument in their hand is huge. We are also extremely confident in what we're building. We're building it to last. We have been in marching band programs. A lot of us were the ones that were pretty close to directors and you know, have built those relationships. So we certainly know how difficult it is to be able to get funding and work through the budgets and, and all of those sorts of things. So when you're buying, regardless of what product it is, we have the engineering team that is making sure that these things are gonna last. So you're not making a year long investment, you're making an investment that will you know, last 10, 15 years, regardless of, of what product you're looking at. I know Jack in particular has spent a lot of time working on the liars and making those 
the by far the most sound liar on the market. We've had some people kind of blind taste test, if you will, you know, ours versus some other liars that are out on the market. And far and away, they have said that it's the easiest to use. It feels the sturdiest. You know, I can do whatever with my instrument and it's not going anywhere. And we've built the illuminates to be the same way. So you're investing in something that's going to last that your students can use for a very long time and in any setting. When we're approaching this, it's no different to us than having to buy a music stand. Uh, you know, your music stand is going to last forever. Um, and that's what we're doing. You know, you can you use your music stands when you're rehearsing, you use it in a performance, you use it in your practice room. So that's where we see everything that we're doing. That's where we kind of really hang our hat on being able to work with these bands and show them that these are applicable in a lot of different ways and are going to certainly be a, a worthwhile investment. Jacob Schmieder, co-founder and CEO of Varsity Music Incorporated, online at varsity-music.com. Thanks to Tim Harwood of IBR affiliate KXCL for sharing that interview with us. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at the same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. That's where you'll find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.